Welcome back to Boilers and Beyond. I'm Jordan Jones. We're in a little bit of a quieter time in the college football calendar. The transfer portal window is closed. Uh, National Signing Day is over. Uh, the spring signing day was last week. We're still a little bit away from spring practices getting started. While there is never an off season in college football, um, this is about as quiet as it gets. So I figured now would be a decent time to step back uh, before we get into March and basketball gets completely crazy and take a look at where Purdue sets after the first transfer cycle, after the signing day with the 2023 class complete. So here on the show today, we will look at the new names joining the Boilermaker roster what more Purdue could look to add after spring ball when the second portal window opens and, you know, some very way too early thoughts just on where Purdue is projecting for Ryan Walter's first season. Certainly um, haven't talked much football here lately, but over on Twitter at Boilers Beyond, uh, we're keeping a pulse on everything related to Purdue football, no matter what time of year. So be sure to follow over there uh, for the latest news updates and thoughts on the football program. And be sure to subscribe. Um, you know, most of you are here for both football and basketball. Um, probably won't do much more with football until basketball ends. Uh, it looks like the spring game is going to be a little bit later than it used to be under Jeff Brahms. So Probably we'll get to something more closer to then and with transfer news, but um, you're going to want to be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts because the basketball stuff will be coming at you hot and heavy. I know I am planning on multiple episodes per week in March, I think, so it'll be a good time. Be sure to subscribe for that. Getting into football, though, the 2023 signing class is complete. Uh, there were 11 guys who signed with Purdue in the early signing period. That was back in December. Uh, December 21st was that date, I believe. We had a full episode about that group. So uh, if you missed that, go scroll back in your podcast feeds. You can find it. Uh, the rest of the class filled in on uh, what well, last Wednesday. That would have been February 2nd. Um, Purdue added five more guys from the traditional recruiting cycle uh, from the high school JUCO, guys who are traditional recruits, and then five transfers since the end of the season. Looking at the recruiting group, though, the guys who came from the more traditional sense of recruiting, you had George Burhan, uh, tight end out of Mount Vernon. He was the one guy from the Jeff Brom batch of commits that ended up signing in this signing period. Uh, and then four new recruits came into the fold. These were all guys that, to my knowledge, were all Ryan Walters and company. Uh, these guys were not, not recruited to Purdue by Jeff Brom, either at all or very heavily. Uh, these guys were all Ryan Walters and company. You got Armad Branch, an athlete from out in St. Louis. Montrell Dean, edge rusher from West Virginia. Derek Rogers, an athlete from Florida. 
and Isaiah Walker, a junior college offensive lineman. So when you look at the overall bulk of this class, now that it's complete, uh, it didn't change where Purdue sat in the Big Ten rankings on the 247 Sports Composite. Um, Purdue did finish 13th ahead of only Indiana. If you look at the average player rating, it puts Purdue much more on par with what you see in the bottom two-thirds of the conference. If you look at the Big Ten, you know, there's a big gap from what Michigan, I guess in order, Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan did compared to the rest of the Big Ten. That's to be expected. Those are the three programs that treat football in a way that no one else treats football. We're going to see Nebraska and Wisconsin make a push towards that, but until they get there, it's those three and everyone else. If you look at Purdue's average player rating, it is very on par with the other 11 schools in the conference. Um, the rankings of the teams come down to a mix of quality and quantity. So um, Purdue signing 16 guys, that's a decent class. It's not a giant class. Um, something interesting going forward, and this is just kind of thinking out loud, how big are these classes going to be? You know, now you have no limits on new qualifiers. You know, before it was the 25 plus seven deal, 25 initial qualifiers out of high school. And then that could go up to 32 if you had seven or more transfers out of your program to fill in those guys with. That's all gone now. Um, you can bring in as many guys as you would like in a single cycle. So, it's going to be interesting to watch how Purdue elects to pursue the high school versus transfer portal balance moving forward. Um, as far as this class, though, you know, decommitments were a major theme. I think Purdue had eight of them after Jeff Brom left. Um, he had a couple of, I think all three guys out of Kentucky flipped, uh, a couple of running backs flipped. Uh, the receiver out of North Central flipped. They lost a number of guys, and that's to be expected. Um, that is that's not abnormal, especially when you know. While maybe some other schools had pushed it to these kids that hey, Jeff Brom may not be at Purdue for the long run. You know, they probably didn't think it was imminent. It wasn't like a coach was on the hot seat, and they were well aware of that. So. It makes some sense. Um, the biggest signing day story for Purdue, which you never want this to be your biggest signing day story, but it was who they didn't get. And that was the four-star defensive end out of Indianapolis Cathedral, Kendrick Gilbert. Uh, he landed at Kentucky, flipped on the morning of signing day. This was not a surprise. Um, this did not come as anything unforeseen. It was down to really Purdue and Kentucky when he elected to commit to Purdue. You figure that the departure of Jeff Brom, the departure of the defensive staff, that certainly would play a role. Um, he visited Purdue. He visited Kentucky as well. Obviously, you'll if you look at social media, if you look at message boards, the Going thought is that name, image, and likeness money from Kentucky played a role in that. 
I think it's no secret that Kentucky is a lot more aggressive in name, image, and likeness than Purdue is. So, you know, that's not much of a surprise, but, you know, he would have been the highest rated player in the class. So it is a bummer to lose him. Uh, I think that is the one, one area Purdue recruited the best in this class. I think they've got a really nice defensive line group where, you know, even if they don't all hit, I think they've got enough depth in that that you ex- expect a few of these guys, including two, you know, Jamarion Harkless from the early signing period and then Montreal Dean, uh, guys that Ryan Walters brought in himself, uh, guys who he certainly feels good about the way they're going to fit into his system. Um, so I think that's a really good sign with this defensive line group. And I think it makes the loss of Kendrick Gilbert a little bit more palatable if you're Purdue. These late guys, though, that Walters brought in, I think some of these could be really interesting. Um, Armad Branch is one who came out of nowhere. Um, I don't know if he had a star ranking at all on 24-7 sports, but he finished with a four-star. They closed him out as a four-star. That's awesome. Um, He's a guy who Ryan Walters talked about in his signing day press conference as, you know, he got a a referral on him. Uh, A guy he'd been connected to in the past from his time at Mizzou said, hey, you got to, this is a guy who can play on Sundays. Um, So obviously the guys at 247 are seeing something that Ryan Walters and his staff are. I think that's really interesting. Um, and the same deal with Derek, uh, Derek Rogers, he didn't get the four star rating. He, he's a three star, but I think these guys are both players who it seems like could project either at wide receiver or corner. And I think that versatility is really good for Purdue. They have not recruited the cornerback position particularly well in a while now. Um, If you go back to the early 2000s, you know, you had some good homegrown guys in there. But as a whole, man, Purdue has not recruited this position great over the years. Um, You look at this past year, the guys who were out there, Jamari Brown, Bryce Hampton, Reese Taylor, uh, along with Corey Trice, Chris Jefferson at the start of the year, um, those were all transfers. So besides Corey Trice. It's nice to get some guys who could project as good corners. It is a really, really important feature of Ryan Walter's system. Um, He likes to play a lot of man. He likes to play press coverage. Um, he, He puts a lot of pressure on his corners. Having guys there who are high end talents and high end athletes is going to be really important. So, I think you really like what you see there. Isaiah Walker, um, the junior college offensive lineman, at bare minimum, he adds depth to an offensive line that can really use it. Uh, The guy's been everywhere. He's made stops at Miami. He made a stop at the University of Florida and then went to the junior college. So uh, he's been around quite a bit, but... You know, this is a really, really low risk, 
medium to high reward type of situation. Purdue's not in as dire of a situation on the offensive line as they have been in years past. You know, they get a decent amount back. Uh, Marcus Bowe, Mohamed Musa, those guys you feel really good about. Eric Miller's taking a sixth year. You need Gus Hartwig back to healthy. Uh, he got hurt late in the season, but if he's back to healthy, that's a four you feel good about. Uh, Daniel Johnson is back off an injury. Sione Finau, Josh Kaltenberger got some experience. Um, so you don't feel, I know I'm missing somebody, but you don't feel as bad about this group as Purdue has felt about offensive lines going into seasons before. But it's like we saw this year. Um, injuries can mount quick. You know, at the start of the year, Purdue had eight guys that they felt good about playing. And by the end of the season, I think they only had four of those guys in the bowl game. Um, three had season-ending injuries, and Gus Hartwig, or excuse me, and Spencer Holstead transferred to UCLA. So to get depth that you feel comfortable playing is as valuable as you can be is incredibly valuable. Isaiah Walker is a guy who I think could play inside or outside, though I would suspect, you know, you see him in more of that competition on the inside with Sione Finau uh, for a spot at guard. But I think that's a good pickup. And it was interesting to hear Ryan Walters talk about holding on to George Burhan. Um, that was a real priority. He, and of course, this is the right thing to say, and it's the right thing to do. He said that his priority, as soon as he got to Purdue, was making sure that you know he reached out to the guys who were already committed, the guys who Jeff Brom had recruited to Purdue. That's the right thing to do. That's how you do this. But George Burhan meant a lot. Um, he was seemed to be pretty worried early on. They got him to to hold out till the spring signing day. And they landed them. Um, we know that Louisville worked a pr worked pretty hard to to push him down there. Um, sounds like Seth Dagey, the new tight ends coach, did a heck of a job recruiting Burhan, and a lot of good things coming out about him early on. Um, Purdue might have a really good one in Seth Dagey, so just something to keep an eye on recruiting moving forward. Um, it is going to be interesting to see how tight ends fit into the air raid system. You know, Purdue's not going to run what Mike Leach did at, you know, Mississippi State, Washington State, and Texas Tech. That's not going to be what Purdue does. But there will be air raid principles, and generally, you know, the air raid doesn't feature a ton of tight ends. It features a lot of four wide. Now, that can be that can be edited. You know, Graham Harrell used tight ends a little bit more at West Virginia. Um, but Purdue has some good ones, you know, starting with Garrett Miller, Paul Paferi can be a decent pass catcher. So how they utilize that position is going to be really interesting to me. You know, I say all this and I, I do mention, of course, the class rankings because it matters. Um, but this class is by no means a referendum on Ryan Walters and his staff. This does not reflect anything about their recruiting ability. Um, you know, the they moved the early signing period to December. 
a while back, and it's turned out to overall be a pretty big negative for college football. It makes the jobs of these new coaches almost impossible. You know, Ryan Walters came in, and Purdue was not in the best situation for this. Um, I don't know what was going on at Louisville, but you know, Purdue made the Big Ten championship game. The Louisville job opened on Monday the fifth, when most jo- December fifth, when most jobs opened a week, you know, a week prior after rivalry weekend. And really, because of this early signing period, so many coaches are being fired in the regular season. So Purdue was later in this process than I think would be ideal for holding on to a class. Um, And with how many kids sign in the early signing period in December, there are not that many prospects left to recruit for the National Signing Day in February. So I think you got to give Ryan Walters some real credit for finding some additional guys in, you know, in the span of five weeks that he wanted to add to this class. Um, but 2024 will certainly give us a much better idea of the recruiting prowess of this staff. It absolutely matters. It's absolutely relevant. Um, you know, you can't stay at 13th in the Big Ten over the span of you know the next four years and think that things are going to be going well. Um, this doesn't reflect Ryan Walters at all, but it's just worth pointing out that moving forward, we will get a good idea of how this staff is on the recruiting trail. And early on, you're hearing good things. Um, these guys have have some charisma. They have some youth. They have some energy. All of those are really good things. Um, I think one of the best things I heard from Ryan Walter's presser was that he said he should be the hardest working recruiter on the staff. And that is spot on. That is absolutely true. Um, The head coach has to be engaged in recruiting for your recruiting efforts to be successful. That is big time. That is great that Ryan Walters recognizes that right away. I think that bodes really well for his outlook at Purdue. Right now, though, you know, we're just looking at the 2023 season. And while some of these freshmen may be able to get on the field, you know, it's likely that most of them will will redshirt and spend a year developing. Purdue did add five guys out of the transfer portal to this point. You had Hudson Card, the quarterback from Texas that was very high profile. Two defensive guys from Texas, or excuse me, from Arkansas in Isaiah Nichols on the defensive line and Anthony Brown at safety, an offensive lineman in Bowling Green's Jalen Grant, and a corner in Stanford transfer Salim Turner Muhammad. Um, you know, spring ball doesn't start till March, so we're not going to hear much about these guys early on. Um, hopefully there's some decent media access there. Um, Ryan Walters is certainly more into the media than the last coaching staff was. Um, the spring game won't be at ross Aid Stadium. Uh, they got the renovations going on, but hopefully it's still something that can be 
attended by fans and televised by BTN and all of that. Um, certainly these transfer portal guys are going to be guys who we're keeping an eye on early on in spring ball. And it all starts with Hudson Card. Ryan Walters spoke glowingly of Hudson Card during his press conference. And of course, you know, why wouldn't he? Um, they're very high on him. But he said that Hudson Card, in their mind, was the best available quarterback in the portal. Um, it wasn't necessarily the deepest year. You know, you didn't have a Caleb Williams in there, but you had some really good quarterbacks in there. They're pretty high on him. Um, he didn't go as far as to name Hudson Card the starter, um, which is smart. He he should not do that, especially in the transfer portal era. But he spoke glowingly of Hudson Card. Um, he is obviously going to be Purdue's starting quarterback in the fall against Fresno State, barring injury. I, I would be utterly stunned if he doesn't take the first snaps then. Brady Allen, of course, projects to be the backup. He came back out of the transfer portal, and that seemed to be the domino that pushed Michael Alamo into the transfer portal. That news didn't come as any surprise. You know, he was a guy who never could climb up the depth chart well. You know, he didn't beat out Austin Burton in a time where I thought it was really there for the picking for someone to beat out Austin Burton. Um, if Brady Allen, you know, projected ahead of him next year, then I think that tells you quite a bit. Uh, so you've got Brady Allen and the true freshman, Ryan Brown, as the only two scholarship quarterbacks uh, behind Hudson Card on the roster. That's going to be more normal in the transfer portal era, I think. It is really hard to keep quarterbacks who aren't starting. I just read today in The Athletic a great piece about how something like 75% of the top 50 quarterbacks in the last four classes have transferred at some point. It makes sense. If guys aren't playing, they are going to transfer. I think that Jalen Grant from Bowling Green, that is Grant with a T, not Jalen Graham, Purdue's uh, hybrid linebacker safety who's training for the NFL. I think he's another guy. You know, look, he's going to compete inside at guard, I think. Um, I think that's going to add some depth there because Purdue has Daniel Johnson at tackle um, along with Eric Miller and Mohamed Musa. Um, they've got a little bit more depth there. So I think you really like what Purdue is building on the offensive line. If you can get more starting ready talent, you'll add it. But I, I think right now Purdue's in a pretty good spot. And then the biggest guy, if you ask me, besides Hudson Card, is Salim Turner Muhammad. Purdue is desperate at corner. Uh, he didn't didn't have a ton of big highlights in his career at Stanford, but nonetheless, I mean, Purdue is desperate. Um, they have Jamari Brown back. Is Bryce Hampton going to get a seventh year? We'll see. I don't know that that's going to be banked on. And after that, it's very unproven. So I think he comes in as a guy who you can slot in as, a, uh, if not a starter, 
a contributor at corner on this defense. For now, it seems like Purdue may be done in the portal. Um, It's slowed down. The window to enter is closed. If there are more guys trickling in, it's possible. Um, Purdue is in a pretty full scholarship spot, it seems. Now, you don't have to be at the 85 mark until fall camp gets going. So there's still a little bit of time for Purdue. There is the post-spring transfer portal window. I believe that's in early May where guys can enter the portal. I would suspect that it's natural to think that Purdue was going to lose some guys then. So at that point, you'll see Purdue go after some more guys in the portal. Um, The biggest areas of need, if you ask me, I think corner is a must. I don't see how they can go into the season without help at corner. Um, You just have to have depth there especially with how Ryan Walters wants that defense to play. They've got to have better. They got to have game ready guys. And whether some of the guys who didn't play much last year are ready to slide into that or not, I don't know. Um, We'll certainly find out during spring ball, but if not, uh, Purdue needs at least one or two more corners. I think you could use a little bit of a boost to inside linebacker. You know, Ryan Walters plays a lot of five down on the offensive line. That leaves just two guys at linebacker. Got to have some speed there. OC Brothers can move a little bit. Jacob Wahlberg isn't the most fleet-footed. Clyde Washington, you know, none of those guys are real sideline-to-sideline threats. So if something comes available where you have someone with a little bit more burst at that linebacker spot, I think you would take them. Receiver is one where if you just look at the roster, there are names that I think everyone's excited about. Guys who were high-profile recruits, guys who have shown flashes, but I don't know if there's a number one receiver there. I don't know if there are a number of guys that you feel are reliable enough to go into the season as your guys. Um, So if Purdue can get a little bit of help at receiver, I think they'll do that. And of course, the offensive line. There's not a program in America that doesn't want another offensive tackle. There's not a program in America that wouldn't take an experienced guy at center. Um, That's obvious. You know, Purdue... I think you feel good about the line, but you always want to feel better. Um, You can never feel good enough about the offensive line. So I think we'll see what happens as spring ball gets going, but uh, in early May, we'll have a much better idea of some attrition. Uh, How do guys guys feel about their prospects of playing at Purdue? If they get out, you'll see more guys come in. Um, But I think... Right now, just looking at this roster, I think Purdue's going to need some help out of the portal to be a bowl team in 2023. It's going to be a difficult schedule. The non-conference is not a murderer's row of blue bloods, but there are no gimmies on that. Um, You know how I feel about that, but it doesn't do Purdue any favors here. You have Illinois and Iowa early on. That's a trip to Iowa. 
You haven't beaten Wisconsin in 20 years. You have both Michigan and Ohio State. Um, you know, when you get that Athlon magazine here in a couple months and you're going through, you know, checking the W's and L's, you got to have some real black and gold glasses on to think that Purdue's not going to lose to both Michigan and Ohio State. So it, uh, it's not easy. Um, in April or May, those season win total bets out in Vegas will be coming out. And I would think, you know, that Purdue number is probably going to be in the five range. Um, the four and a half to five and a half range is where I would guess. So that's what the perception is going to be. What reality turns into could very well be defined by what happens in that second transfer portal window. Finally, you know, closing out with football, it is NFL draft time of the year. Nobody is in the news cycle more than the NFL. They do a great job of it. Five guys from Purdue who I think you can look at as potential draft picks. Aiden O'Connell, Charlie Jones, Payne Durham, Jalen Graham, and Corey Trice. Um, heard some really good things about Payne Durham's performance at the Senior Bowl. Uh, you saw some highlights from him out on Twitter. Um, had a touchdown catch in the game, I think. That's good. Uh, he's a guy who definitely is a good enough athlete, uh, can probably do a number of things well enough to get drafted. Um, having a good week is big. Sounded like Aiden O'Connell had a nice week at the Shrine Bowl. His game performance was just so-so, but it sounded like some of the takeaways were that he had a really good week. Again, that's big for him. Um, looking at some of these mock drafts, I think Aiden O'Connell is going to get picked at some point. I don't know that I would have thought that, but that's where things are looking. Good for him. Didn't hear much about Jalen Graham. And then uh, Charlie Jones and Corey Trice elected not to do an event. Uh, not much of a surprise with Charlie Jones. He'd been banged up all season. And we'll see about Corey Trice. But I think it's realistic that a number of these guys get taken on the third day. Um, you look at Guys like Jalen Graham and Corey Trice, who are athletic guys on the defense, especially with Trice playing corner, such a big position there. Um, can Charlie Jones carve out a special teams role in addition to being a slot type of receiver? I don't know. I think it's possible. Um, we're a long way away. We'll learn a little bit more. Purdue's Pro Day next month will tell us quite a bit. Uh, how do guys like Charlie Jones and Payne Durham run. Guys like Jalen Graham and Corey Trice, what are their shuttle times? Aiden O'Connell's not going to run super fast, but how does he throw? All of that stuff, uh, important to watch moving forward as Purdue looks to keep restocking their number of players in the NFL. That was kind of one of the big, well, one of the little bummers, I guess, of the Daryl Hazel era, the big one, was that record. But it really took a toll on the Purdue guys in the NFL. Um, what Purdue did under Jeff Brom has started to restock it a little bit. I know it wasn't terribly much here, um, but I did want to get to football a little bit. I hate going a long time without talking about it, just because how much I love college football and how important it is to the athletic department. 
Um, that's all I've got for now. On Sunday, after the Purdue Northwestern basketball game, I'll be recording the next episode. Um, Sunday marks four weeks until Selection Sunday, so we're going to focus on Purdue's NCAA tournament resume. Of course, whatever happens in the Iowa and Northwestern games this week will have an impact on that. So we'll talk about it then. Um, follow the show on Twitter, at Boilers Beyond. Send me over your questions about Purdue hoops. I'll get to them Sunday. And be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss that episode. Until next time, guys, enjoy those games and take care.